Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. Good morning. Where's your voice? I can barely hear your voice. Check your mic. I can barely hear you. What number did you dial? What number? Yeah. What number did you dial? Six one nine. Six one nine. Yeah, the other one wouldn't let you in. Oh, okay, okay. So, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm making it. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, Shonda. <laughs> She's pulling the mic. Anyway, um, I'm glad you're here this morning. Minister um, Monica, you here? We're trying to get everybody on. What do I need to do? Okay. No, we're not going to do that. Um, uh, Minister Hazley, we're having problems with this thing today. I don't know okay. exactly what happened, but you dialed the okay. right number, but we're waiting mm-hmm. for uh, Minister Bats. Did she send she her just the number to? Uh, she just sent her. Did you send her the number? Yeah, she just sent her the number that told her, told her to try it again. Okay. Well, I'm going to pause, but I'm on, okay? I can hear you. Okay. Okay.
She says she's going to pause, but she can hear me. Okay, so what we're going to do is go ahead with the um, announcements. Okay, this is a live radio show, and, you know, this dead air, no, we're not going to have that. But what I'm going to do is welcome you all until our other guest comes in. We're going to welcome you all to uh, Reaching the Masses Media Ministry, Saturday morning, live with Jesus. As you know, we started this program, oh boy, I guess about, what, six months ago? It may have been a little less, but snafus happen, y'all. When you go live, snafus happen. But we want to acknowledge everyone who is listening today, and we want to come to you also reminding you not to forget our prayer list. It will be in the description box. And if you need to get in touch with us, just go to Reaching the Masses Media Ministry at gmail.com. And we will answer your requests, whatever it is, whether it be prayer requests or comments, we will answer you back right away. Also, don't forget, our website address is reachingthemassesministry.com. And if you have any comments or prayer requests, go to the tab that says contact and write in what you want, whether it be uh, prayer requests or whatever, comments, and we'll be sure and return and answer to you. But while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Amen. It's free. Just subscribe to it. Push subscribe. And it will come to you every month. Do what it says after you put subscribe. And it will come to you every month. Hint. It will probably go to your spam box. That's the way these mail services do. So if you don't see it on the first, then go to your spam box, and I can guarantee you it will be there. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me see if everybody is here. Minister Monica, are you here? Hello? She's having a hard time getting on. Yeah, she's having a hard time getting on. I don't need the hospital. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I told her um, um, to call, and they'll tell you that their call will go right to the show, and it's tell her, then she starts talking. Okay, but I can't tell her that. Okay. We're going to go ahead, and until our next guest gets on, like I say, the system is messing up this morning. We did the same thing we did the, at the program the last Saturday that we were here, but for some reason, it's messing up. Block Talk does that sometime, y'all, so I am so sorry, but we're trying to get this together. Evidently, 
the enemy does not want people to hear the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, amen, because this morning there are some truths that's going to come out. I found Mm -hmm. some myself, Minister um, Bats called me. Well, she texted me this morning. She was telling me something, and I know Minister Hazley has a lot. Mm Well, she has something that's powerful. And see, the enemy does not want it to go on. And we rebuke him Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make any sense. The world needs to know the truth. And Mm -hmm. so many errors. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So many errors. Before we came on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, the mm-hmm. enemy is determined that this show is not going to go on, and we rebuke him in the name, in the of, name Jesus of Jesus right now. As a right matter of fact, let's start do the opening prayer, and that'll give Monica best time to get in. Yeah, um, I'll have let um, Stephanie call her and. Maybe she can talk to her on the other line. But, okay. um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we oh, see what you. the enemy is doing, mm-hmm. and we ask you to put a hedge of protection around us. We hold up the mm-hmm. shield of faith so that any fiery mm-hmm. dust that the enemy shoots our way will bounce mm-hmm. off of us, off of this program. Lord, mm-hmm. hallelujah. And right back into the enemy's camp. Lord, scramble, hallelujah, the airway that he is on so that he won't even understand, he or his demons will not understand what is going on, Lord. You're protecting around us, Lord. Hallelujah. Let this program come in free and clear, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Satan doesn't want to hear the truth because so many things have been taught, Lord, about marriages, whether Christian or secular, Lord. So many errors things have been taught, but now we're learning the truth, Lord. Hallelujah, you said the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. And that's what we're out to do, to bring the truth so that our people, your people, can be free, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to bless Every listening ear, hallelujah, we rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Get out of this program. You don't belong here. You are not invited. So get out right now. The blood of Jesus is against him. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway, Sister Lakeisha, you and I are going to go on until Sister Bat get here. But the topic today is what a woman needs as uh, what a wife needs. We did the last time what a woman needs. And one thing came out with the three of us being women, wives, and mothers, I think we forgot what it is to be just woman mm-hmm. because we we like you said we last week we were at many hats. Oh, by the way, I had a um, friend of mine here from Danville. She heard us last week, and she complimented you to the hills. 
She said that other mm-hmm. lady, the things that she said, she said, oh, I agree with her. And she was just going on and on and on about it. Hopefully she is here today because, see, when yes. something like this goes out popular, I forgot how many views, uh, listeners we had, but it was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of them. And they all liked it. You know, even in the archive, mm-hmm. there were a lot of them. So this is a topic that needs to be. I just wish I had three men to come in and do their side, but as of right now, the Lord hasn't shown me three men to do it, you know. Wow. And D.L., Deacon uh, Hazy can't do it by himself. You need two other men. <laughs> but it, well, he but, has another Deacon friend, Deacon Lumar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to see if we can get that together Because people need to know the men's side of it too, amen Absolutely. Hallelujah That's right. mm-hmm. But we are going to go on, call the cramp, wow <laughs> Yeah, he is uh, He is really I tell you, I tell you. twerking, I'll put it, he's twerking this morning, boy I tell you, the enemy mm-hmm. is a trip But mm-hmm. anyway and I've never had any problems before getting on. Well, yeah, one time before I had a trouble getting in blog talk. But, whew, good God Almighty. This must be something powerful, Lord. But anyway, um, Stephanie? Maybe I can call her and get her on Yes, try to do that. Now just continue to okay, talk. Okay, give me one moment. We don't want dead oh. air. Okay. But while Minister Hazley is talking, we want to acknowledge her husband, Deacon Daryl Hazley, Daryl L. Hazley, wonderful man of God. I am so glad. By the way, Sister Hazley is my niece. And I know some of the things she's gone through as a mother, you know, as a woman. Amen. And as a wife. But the thing about it is that she happened to be blessed with a good husband. And, you know, often on I hear some of the things that he does for her. And it's several people. Well, another one in our family, too. My other, uh, what is she, my great niece, uh, Erica and Josh, she's been blessed with a good husband, too. You know, when you marry a man that knows God, that's the kind of marriage you want. Because he's going to be more like God than a man from the world. Now, I'm I'm not trying to tell y'all, you know, what to do about your marriage and this and that and the other. We're just giving you our side of it. Amen? And maybe there are some things in it that will help you. But, I, as I was saying with Deacon... Hazley, she has got a wonderful husband. He's been through much. He's had sicknesses. She's nursed him to health. And he has had, well, she's had sicknesses, and he's took care of her. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Amen? You're not supposed to have a mate and he doesn't do anything. Because if you got a mate like that, you got to put some oil on him. you got to lay hands on him. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We just think. I'm sorry. Minister Hello? Bats is here. Minister yeah, Bats, here. how are you? I'm good. Had a tough time getting All in, but right. I'm good. All right. I told uh, Minister Hazel this morning, I said, this must going to be good. Because the devil done got in <laughs> and he don't want it to happen, but we prayed. So here you are. Minister Hazel yeah. got on her mm-hmm. line and told you what was what. And we are here. Amen. I'm going to ask Sister Stephanie yeah. to kind of, until we finish, because I just hear a book or something, bro. But um, anyway, we are here, live in Jesus. Amen. We I was just talking mm-hmm. about Minister Hazy and her husband and how they help one another. Um, we've already did the opening prayer and everything, so feel free to jump in, Minister Bath, at any time. But I was talking about how mm-hmm. they help one another and how when he was sick, she took care of him. And when she got sick, then he took care of her. When she got home, he took care of her. He and her son, her son Isaiah, they took care of her because she couldn't do for herself. And when he couldn't do for her, himself, she took care of him. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And we were talking about the myth. So many erroneous teachings are out there about marriage that it's ridiculous. And it didn't come from the Bible. They take the word and they turn it around to their advantage. But I remember, and I mean, even in our teaching from our parents, all my life I hear it, men are no good, men are no good, men are no good. I mean, from my mother and my grandmother. Now, my great-grandmother, I never hear that from her. Because she had a husband. He was not perfect. Believe me, he was not perfect. But I never heard her put him down. I never heard her say a lot about him, except for, you know, she would say, um, you know, he wants his dinner. She got to get up and fix his dinner because he had been out working. So she was going to get up and fix his dinner no matter who was there. Hey, company, y'all got to go by the wayside. I'm getting up and fixing my husband's dinner. And when he came home every evening, because we stayed with her for a while, or she babysitted us, that's what was going on. When grandfather came home, his dinner was ready. He'd come in and greet everybody, go in there and wash his hands and change his clothes and go to the kitchen table. And she would serve him. She wouldn't eat until later because doing cooking, she had tasted, so she wasn't really hungry. But she would sit at the table with him, mm-hmm. and they would talk while we were in the other room. Because she didn't have TV. She didn't believe in TV. <laughs> but we would be sitting in there. We had books and coloring books and all that kind of stuff, you know. And um, it was wonderful the way it was because we were waiting for my mother to get home from work. So it was wonderful the way it was. We were in there coloring books, and they were in there having a conversation at the kitchen table. But those days seem to have gone a long time ago. Now, maybe some people do still do that. You know, but the only thing I hear, he called her Reen. Her name was Irene. He called her Reen. Reen! That's what I would hear, sounding through the house, you know. And I always, it just made me feel warm. Even though he was not perfection. I would tell you that, and I'm not even going into that. But 
but the way he said it, I knew that he cared about my great-grandma. And I tell you one thing, she have never hit a lick in a black snake. She never had to work. She had, from what I can remember, two, well, they were in an apartment. He moved her out of there. He moved her into a home um, oh boy, over on the eastern shores. And we would go there every summer. And then turn around, he moved her from there to a home here, well, not here, but in Newport News on Ivy Avenue. And he always kept her up. She always, you know, she dressed nice. She dressed kind of old-fashioned, but she dressed nice. And, oh, the furniture and stuff that, that you should have seen. Ooh. That stuff today, because it would be antique, antique would be in the, oh, my God, I don't even know. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. There was some big, chunky furniture. In those days, they made furniture out of wood. Oh, I can name several things she had in it. I wish I had those things today. But he bought all of those. He bought them for her, or he would allow her to go out shopping and buy it for herself. Had a nice home, always did have a nice, clean home. So he was a happy man, I'll tell you that. He was a happy man, like I said, not perfect, but happy, but I never saw him hit her. I never saw him cuss her. I never heard her curse him. He was there for her. And that's what I look back at, and if I say, okay, what should a marriage look like? To me, minus the other stuff, to me, that's what a marriage should look like. A man is supposed to be able to take care of a wife. Amen? She never had to go out there in the mm-hmm. garden when she was on the eastern shore. She never had to go and pick potatoes. He did all that. He would have a garden. Everywhere they went, they had a garden. So they ate fresh foods, fruits. In Newport News, they had pecan trees and walnut trees in the backyard. Then she would take them and make all kinds of stuff, cakes with it, you know, and pies with it and all stuff. Also, she would take them. She would have us to go out and pick them up. She would put them in lunch bags, and she would sell them. So it's not like she did nothing. She had that little extra job on the side, and when her great-grandchildren came in, we were the ones that picked up the nuts in the bags and bought them in the house or in the basket and both. Sometimes she did go out and help us, but she had arthritis, so she couldn't do a whole lot. But we would go out there because hmm, we were putting those things in our pocket and everything, and we would come home with a, a bunch of She told us to take what we want, so we did, you know. But I, I, I admire that about her because she did do something to sell those pecans and those walnuts that were in her backyard. We would get out there and throw those things at each other. <laughs> And I remember all of that. But, you know, it was good times in those days. But, Minister Monica, uh, what do you have to say? Um, I'll be on the – I'm here. Are you here? Uh-huh. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. So what are, what are we on? Are we on what when we want or what are we – we are on um, the topic that we are on is uh, what a wife wants and what a wife needs. Right. Mm-hmm. I had came what, up what, with uh, with uh huh with support. 
Um, yes. That's basically what, what I feel like a woman does need. She needs to know that somebody's in her corner. Um, to yes. know that she and her husband are on, on the same page because if your husband is on one aspect and you on the other, you know, there's going to be conflict in the middle and you have to come together um, mm-hmm. to, to support one another. So I feel like support is an, is an important thing that a woman, you know, wants and actually she needs. So it's actually on both sides what she wants and what she needs. Exactly. That's true. And that support can also be one accord, be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Because when one is going east and one is going west, you're pulling apart. And that causes Mm -hmm. problems. Ooh, that causes a lot of stuff. Minister Hazley? Well, I totally agree with Minister Bat as far as support. And you do want to be on the same page. Now, we do know Mm -hmm. that marriage is is hardly ever 50-50. Sometimes it's 60-40. Sometimes it's 70-30. But at the end of the day, we should come together 100%. And exactly. you want to feel like as a wife is what I do for you, you want it reciprocated. You know, so mm-hmm. um, it, it, we, did, we need that nurturing. We want to feel protected. I was telling my husband the other night that when they leave, sometimes when he leaves and at work and I'm home with my son, when my um, feet is up on the ottoman, I get a little nervous when nobody answers, when he don't answer, when um, I'm, I'm downstairs by myself. So I call my son, mm-hmm. call my son, he had fallen asleep. So I call my husband, almost panicking. And so he came here, made sure I was okay, went back to work. But when he was home that night, I could rest fine. And just like I told him, God is my protector. But you, it is yeah. nice to know he's there too. So you want to feel exactly. Protected. You want to feel safe. If anything goes yes. wrong in the night, he's jumping up to see what's going on. Like when I was right. in nurse counselor one time, the pastor said, "A woman ain't got no business going going to open the door to find out what's going mm-hmm. on. That man's supposed Amen. to be at the door, you know. So you Amen. want to feel protected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I always say a man is the one that should lock the door at night. Don't tell me you forgot to lock the door or have the children locking the door. You are the one that should open that door at night, make sure the screen door is locked, make sure everything is okay, lock the lock plus the deadbolt, whatever you got on there, turn the light on on the porch, make sure that the house is safe before you allow your head to hit the pillow. But... Guys, nowadays, it's like they got the children locking the door or the wife locking the door, Mm -hmm. and I don't get that. Yes, we can do it, but you are the head of the household. There are just a number of things that you should do that a lot of guys don't even do nowadays. I want to know, I'll be able to trust in you to know that we're safe because you've locked the door. I may be in there taking a shower because I'm all messy from cooking food and I need to get my fingernails clean because I've got flour under my fingernails or I've been standing over that hot stove and I'm hot and I want to go take a shower. And when I get ready to go to bed, I'm preparing myself for you, husband. So please lock the doors 
then you can come in and do what you need to do, do. And I've already rested up a little bit and got myself ready for you, knowing that I am safe because I know you've already locked the door. I fixed the dinner and you locked the door. It's just things that just comes naturally that a lot of guys just don't do anymore. That's all it is. Your grandfather was the one that locked the door. I know I stayed there. He locked that door. Because my grandma had already gone into her bedroom to prepare herself for the night. So he locked the door. He would go to the back, then he'd go to the front, make sure nobody had a big old front porch on the front. And to make sure that, you know, everything was okay, he would lock that door, and that was it. And he would ask us when we were there sleeping on the sofa or you know, the, but it wasn't a love seat. It was on us. It was a pull-out sofa. And he said, y'all all right? Yes, sir. And he going on back there with my grandmother, you know? So things I was used to. Now, of course, I was raised by a single mom. <clears throat> but when my stepfather was there, he locked the door. He had the keys to come in and come out when he wanted to, but he locked those doors. He'd go downstairs, he'd say, uh, Ola, y'all lock the door, you lock the door? And she'll say, you know what, I forgot. Or something like that, or she'd say, yeah. But he was still, even if she said, yeah, I remember that distinctly. Him bouncing down those steps, because our steps had no carpet. Him bouncing down those creaky steps and going to make sure the back and the front door was locked. So, see, I felt that safety as a child, and then to get married and not feel that safety, that was kind of weird to me, you know? Mm -hmm. But also, another thing that a woman needs, I did some studying, and, you know, I'll say this, and then we'll get to the scriptures. I did some studying. A woman needs at least, well, everybody, not just a woman, that needs at least at least six to eight touches per day. We're not talking about sexual advancements and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about just contact with another human. According to statistics, we need at least six to eight touches per day to have a sense of well-being. And I don't understand how someone can marry you and the only time they want to touch you is when you're under the covers. That doesn't count. At least take my hand, rub my shoulders. Hey, put your hand on my hair, mess my hair sometime. I don't mind because all I have to do is comb it back in place, you know. If I'm not going anywhere, then hey, but at least touch but people nowadays, especially a lot of guys, they'll touch you when they, they want to have an intimate relationship. And while you're dating, oh, yeah, they're all about the touching. Sometimes you got to push the hand away. But then when they get married, it's like, well, you know, what's going on? He didn't touch my hand today. He didn't touch my shoulder. Come over to me. Touch my shoulder and see what I'm cooking in the pot. Rub across my shoulders while you're talking to me. Hey, baby, how was your day? 
and I'm I'm not understanding why that's not happening nowadays. Because see, that's passed down to the children. If the children don't see that, then the children are gonna grow up being the same way. They never saw daddy touch mama's shoulder. They never saw daddy give mama a peck on the cheek or a kiss on the cheek. And so when they grow up, they thinking that's the norm. So that's passing your bad habits on to your children. And that thing bugs the daylights out of me. The man is supposed to be an example of Christ. And it's like, Lord, I don't get this. Because, you know, being saved, you can feel when you're in trouble, you can literally feel Jesus right there beside you. And that is mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. Because people would tell me, no, you don't, uh-huh, yeah, I do. It's like when I'm sad, or, you know, trying to fight depression, all of a sudden I feel the presence of Jesus right there. The Holy Ghost right there, because they're one and the same. It's like he brings a comfort. He said it's a peace that, how does the scripture go? A peace that passes all understanding. And that's what those touches Mm -hmm. do. They put you at peace. They make you feel at peace. They make you feel wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's like so love and makes you feel appreciated. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I don't need romantic love is good, but that's more I'm well I'm, I'll put it this way. I believe this more for the man because a man is like that. But you want mm-hmm. that love of a surety. Yeah, you can display the other love. Believe me, women can be very passionate. But we want something else than the passionate love, you know. We want that love to say, baby, I'm here for you. We want that love to say, don't worry, I got your back. We want that love to say, Mm -hmm. you can trust me. Hey, I got this. Yes, we know God is there. But, see, we want a man who's able to contact God. So if I need praying for, I need you mm-hmm. to be able to lay hands on me and I recover, you know? Or at least yeah. lay hands yeah. on me and I feel better. Hey, don't, 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 don't be ashamed to come over and say, honey, I know you're feeling bad, but we're going to pray. Give me a hand and pray. Don't be afraid to when we go to bed at night to hold hands and pray, but please do not get in that bed and we hold the hand and we're praying and you fall asleep. Next thing I hear is a snore. That makes me feel unsafe. That makes me feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the scriptures, yeah. Sister Monica, you had a scripture earlier. And don't uh, worry yeah, about I was the time. Doing, um... We have a lot of time. Don't even worry about what Blog okay. Talk says. She can do it. We can go over as far as we need to go. Okay. okay. I was um I was reading this morning and um Ephesians. Uh the Ephesians Ephesians twenty one and how it says that uh, I would say that okay, people have a have always been taught, and I've I've been taught when I was growing up 
coming up, we was always mm-hmm. I always heard the adults saying that, oh, you know, the the woman should submit to her husband, you know. And I always yeah, felt because like that's what they were taught. That's what I was taught. Right, exactly. And I always felt like the man, you know, was always overpowering or would overpower the woman and she would be like a, a beat down thing to him to to him. That's what I mm-hmm. always just was mm-hmm. envisioning in my head. But I was reading this morning in Ephesians and it says, um uh voice verse twenty one and it says, Submit to each other out of respect mm-hmm. to Christ. So a woman has her job in to submitting to her husband. And so mm-hmm. does the husband has a job to submit to his wife. So it's on both mm-hmm. aspects, not just on just the women's aspect. Exactly. And, but um, you know you've never heard like, that preached over the pulpit? No. I've always heard that a that a, a man is supposed to be the head and the woman is supposed to be the help me. And mm-hmm. it was always like he was he would be overshadowing her and she would be like towering down to him. But mm-hmm. what I read in Ephesians and if you read from if you read the entire verse of Ephesians five, um the whole chapter rather, and you read it, it explains to you what a husband's supposed to be, what a wife's supposed to be, what are they supposed to be to each other. Mm-hmm. And I was reading also, um, it says in first Peter three and seven it says, husbands likewise submit by living with your wife in ways that honor her. So, now, isn't that something? Instead of husbands submit, yeah. Instead of mm. right, instead of what I've learned as far as the man overshadowing the woman, it clearly says right here that you're supposed to submit by living with your wife in ways that you honor her. Knowing that she is the weaker vessel, she may be the weaker the, the weaker vessel because you're supposed to be the head. But that does not mean that you should look down on her and 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 break her down or or make her feel less than what she is. You're supposed mm-hmm. to honor her and her all the all the more because she is that weaker vessel. And right. It says Says, and she is also a co-heir of the gracious care of life. It says, do yes. this so your prayers won't, won't be hindered. There you go. That's one thing that a woman does need. You need to have a man that can pray. There's a God-fearing man, a praying man, mm-hmm. a man that goes to God for guidance, a man who exactly. prays with and for his, his wife and family. And mm-hmm. when you don't honor your wife, and you don't, you know, submit to her and honor her, you hear mm-hmm. the prayers that you put before God. And that's not good for you or for her or for your family. Mm-hmm. So being a husband is not just coming into a relationship and saying, okay, well, I'm the husband. I go to work. You go to work. We come to, to, to the house. We sleep together, whatever. It is much more mm-hmm. than that. When you take on the yep. husband role, you're taking on being the head. You're taking on mm-hmm. having a, a, a communication with God. You have, you're taking on a lot. So it is a big responsibility, and that's what I think that 
a lot of people nowadays, they get married just to say they're married. And yeah. don't realize that there is so much to marriage. There's so much mm-hmm. responsibility to it. And I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of marriages fail today because people get into it and do not expect it to be what they're what they get into and they're like, Okay, I can't take this. I'm I'm not not doing it. Mhm. And yeah. Exactly. Because it goes against their very nature. Yes, like you said, a man is supposed to be the head. I agree with that. That's the word of God. But that part in First mm-hmm. Peter about submitting, meaning it means recognize or honor, because the same thing it means mm-hmm. when it says the woman should submit to her husband. Recognize that God has made God is head, then man is under God, and man woman is under man under meaning mm-hmm. position in Christ not under your feet because we got to remember right. that Eve came out of Adam's side she did not come from Adam's uh-huh. feet she did not come from his backbone she came from his side so she was to walk mm-hmm. at his side and when God gave them the responsibility over that garden, it was jointly. It was not, well, Adam, you know, you do that. No, if, go, excuse me, go back into um, Genesis. He made both, gave both of them dominion over the garden. And I went and I looked at that. I said, wait a minute, hold up. I thought it was just Adam. No, when he put them both in the garden after she came out of his side, he repeated that same thing over again. So they both had equal dominion over the garden, which means rulership mm-hmm. over the garden. They were to rule together. His plan was to put man and woman together so that they could, like he said, be fruitful and multiply, tend the garden. Eden was just a little part of heaven. His intention was to expand it. But we all know about the serpent. That's a whole other story. And um, they lost their dominion or their rulership over the Garden of Eden. And the result was they were put out of the Garden of Eden. But that, I always said, that came from, number one, Eve being curious and we, we, we know that women are naturally curious. That's just mm-hmm. us. I think my mom used to call it nosy. <laughs> we want to know. We want to learn. What is that about? Why does that happen? Mm-hmm. How does this work? That's a woman. But when we have a man, that doesn't mean he has to teach us anything. But if we have a question and he doesn't know, then we are to go and find out together. Not one go and say, oh, well, I'm going to do this and, you know, see what happens. And the man just stands there and says nothing. But it's been like that since the Garden of Eden because when Eve ate of that fruit, she took a bite then it said, and she gave with her husband with her. So that means he was standing right there with her. He didn't see Eve, don't do that, girl, what you doing? 
serpent coming up to you, talking to you, and they were used to that in that day. They did some studying, um, and these animals that they did talk. I don't know how they talked or whatever, but from everything I'm seeing, animals talk during those days. Because think about it. There's this serpent. And if the serpent didn't talk before, another thing, I think I put it, it's on the website. Um, snakes during those days walked upright. Whole nother story. That's mm-hmm. why God cur- he cursed me, put him down on his belly. Now, if he was already slithering around, then why would God put him down on his belly and said that he would eat dust for the rest of his day? So he had to have walked upright. So she was used to seeing that. When they fell, they did a whole bunch of damage, but we're not here to teach a lesson on creation or the fall of mankind. We're here talking about what a woman wants and what a woman needs from a marriage. But when she hears that that serpent, and of course he had been possessed by Satan, God cursed the serpent and put him down on his belly. And when he did that, then it all broke out, you know, because whenever Satan possessed somebody, then he leaves that body and goes on about his business. He had already accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. But I say all that to say she was used to a serpent because if she wasn't used to it, we as women, we have an inherent nature in us. We don't like snakes. A man would chop it, a woman would scream and run and if that serpent, if she wasn't used to that serpent walking and talking, then she would have never had communication with that serpent because they were not dumb beings. They had been taught by God Almighty. So she had mm-hmm. to have been used to him standing up and talking. And she was standing there having a conversation with a serpent. He said some things that she was not familiar with, and we all know the story of what happened, but she had to have been used to it. But my thing is, if she ate of the fruit and her husband was there with her, when did he come in on the scene? When she was talking to Satan or just as she ate the fruit? Either way, why didn't he stop it? Mm-hmm. And that could seem to have been passed on from generation to generation to generation. I can go to several people. Jezebel and Ahab, look at that relationship. The only one that I see that really mirrors what God wants it to be is the story of Esther. Um, Oh, my God, no, I can't use Abigail either. Abigail was married to a cuckoo. But there are women in the Bible where the stories are they had a good husband. And um, they 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 were made stronger by it, you know. We have well, I can't use Solomon either, Lord. Solomon had so many wives they ran him crazy. But I, <laughs> there are women in the Bible who had good husbands. David, even though he did what he did, did um, Bathsheba had a good husband. Bathsheba wanted for nothing. But see, in those days, they had multiple wives. That's a whole nother story. We don't even want that nowadays. But my thing is, if you can't treat one right, then how are you going to treat many right? But 
let mm-hmm. me round my little bit up because I kind of went out on a rabbit trail there. We just want love, respect, love meaning agape, love, love me in spite of, protect me, that comes an agape. Make sure that the family has. And if they don't have, if you need my help, then I'll be glad to go out and get a job and work. But do not get upset with me if I get a job that pays more than you and does. You tell me to go out and work, then I'm going to go out and do my best. That's the nature of a woman. We're going to go out and do our best, and we will bring home the bacon tied up in a pan, you know, and then turn around and serve it to the man. But most guys, I don't know, it's it's weird. And it's actually, when I look in the Bible, it's been like that since the Garden of Eden. But then you come in the Bible and you see what the Bible says, and it does not add up. Then you got the preachers up in the pulpit, and they telling you, submit to your husband. God ain't never called that woman to teach. And I'm going in the Bible, and I'm looking, I'm saying, wait a minute. I'm seeing something different in the Bible than what's coming over the pulpit, and that gets scary sometimes because then that means if you can't, if you don't have a husband that you can trust in and depend on, and you don't have a pastor that you can trust in and depend on yet, that's two men in your life, two of the most major men in your life. That's kind of scary. Ooh. When I think about it, I shudder. They don't understand a woman. But Jesus did, because if you look in the Bible, when he was on this earth, he had women. They won't tell you that, but it's in the Bible. He had women that were disciples. He had women that preached the word. Lydia was one of them. Mary was another one of them, because she preached the first sermon after, or she delivered the first sermon, the first message after he arose. And he sent a woman. He didn't send a man. Where were the men? Somewhere laying down trying to figure out what was going on. This is not a male bashing session. Like I said, I just have to tell the truth. The men yeah. were back at the house or at the wherever they were, but she was, she came there early that morning, just after sunrise, and she found that Christ had risen. And she ran back to tell the men they didn't believe her. So they're going to come then, but not because of, you know, oh, they're going looking for Christ. We're going to see if everything No, they came to prove her wrong. They told her, no, that can't be. And she just went on. She told them, and it's like we do when we get scorned by the, the men in our lives. We said, well, okay, you know, I, I told you so. They went to look and see. And when they saw, then they believed her. But I always say Mary was the first apostle. Because apostle, the word apostle means sent. He sent her to tell the rest of the men. And the women. Yeah, there were women there too. Even in the upper room. When the Holy Ghost came, there were men and women. But that's on the other topic from last week. But as a wife, we need for you to respect us, to understand us, and realize our bodies are not as strong as yours is. And with our bodies being not as strong as yours is, there are certain things that we need help with. 
Don't allow your wife to bring all those heavy groceries out the car. Get your butt out there and you help her. Or you tell her, huh, baby, give her a bag, and then you say, I got the rest of it. Most men will let the woman bring them. They're not only going to work for it. They will have go out shopping for it and then turn around and bring it in the house. And usually, like I did, I would get my kids and all of us got a bag. Then we'd go out and get a bag or get two bags or whatever. Even my, we were talking about that the other day, even my little three-year-old, his job was to bring the uh, the bread in. I was a foster parent. And the little boy that I had, I can't mention his name because, you know, people don't, one, they don't want you to do that. That's a some breach of some. I forgot what they call it. But I would ask him. I said, "Baby, you want you want to help?" Yes, ma'am. He would get the bread. It was about what two loaves of bread. He would get that bread and he would bring the bread in the house. That was his job. Whenever we would go to buy groceries, he would come and get the bread and carry the bread in the house. One of the children would open the door for him, and he would carry the bread. Then they would all get the bags in the house, you know. But that was when I was a single mom. But as a wife, we need that. We need to know. We need to hear you say more than one time, don't worry, baby, I got this. Do you know how that makes a wife feel? Because then we can have confidence in you. We can trust you. You, We know that you're not perfect. But when you try, our trust is built up in you, and it's like ain't nothing like my man, you know? Although we know that God is better, but it's like we need that peace of mind. We need that assurity that you got our back. Mm-hmm. We know God is there, but God ain't going to bring in no groceries for you. He might send somebody to bring them in, but wouldn't that embarrass the husband if the neighbor next door come? And, come on, sister, let me help you. And the man are going in the house, and you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Men have to realize who they have and what a gift they have in a wife because most of them don't. Most of them see the woman, they want to marry her, for one or two reasons, for money or sex, or to have an ornament mm-hmm. on his arms. And that's the three reasons that I have found. I thought about it. That's what they want. And believe me, if you are, if he marries you for an ornament on his own, on his arm, then what is going to happen is as you get older and the gray starts coming in, First thing you're going to know, you going to color that. You gonna, what you going to do about that? You got gray all up in your head. And you know how that makes a woman feel? Love me for me. If I turn gray, hey, look at your hair, too. Because nine times out of ten, you got gray up in your own, too. So why you want me to color mine? If, my, if I get a little pooch, I done had four of your babies, two of your babies, one of your babies. Okay, and I got older, I got a little pooch. That happens when you get older. You didn't marry a bodybuilder. But I'm looking at you, baby, and uh, you got a pooch there. You got a keg there. So why are you looking at me, judging me, wanting me to look like Beyonce at age 60? Really? You didn't marry Beyonce. You married me. So instead of putting me down about it, say, baby, 
you know what? I think both of us need to go to the gym. What you think? I'm going to say yes because you're going with me. In other words, mm-hmm. you're telling me I want you to look good and I want me to look good. Come on, let's go. Do this thing together. Mm-hmm. Don't just That's put me out I there and tell quality. me what I need to do. And you look like Frosty the Snowman. And I'm looking at you like, and that makes me feel bad. Come with me. Join with me. I think that's where I think that's where quality time comes in at too. Yes. Women want to want to have quality time spent. You know, with her, with her significant Thank other. Thank you. You know, going through through life as far as like you know working and doing everything that we do every day. We don't take enough time to just sit and enjoy one another. Whether you go out of the home or you stay inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You should be able to to come together and just ask them. So, how was your day, or what's going on, or you know, I'm having this problem at work and I need to talk to you about it and, you know, mm-hmm. just being able to, to communicate, that brings, I think, uh, a relationship closer together. Exactly. And when you spend time with each other away from everyone else, that develops mm-hmm. a closeness and a friendship and, yes. you know, just making you guys closer and you know that if you go through something during the day, you know that you got, well, I'm going to go home and talk to such and such, my husband, or, or, or Joe, Johnny, whatever his name is, about what's going on, yes. or wait for such and such here about, about this when I get mm-hmm. home. You know he's going to give you some type, even just to, just to be able to just, sometimes we don't even just, we don't want, you know, a solution to it. We just want to be able to say, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, and he may not know how to solve the solution, but just a hug from mm-hmm. him of a surety and say, baby, you know, it's right. going to be okay. Come on, let's pray. And when they do that, it's yeah. like, it's going to be okay. We don't want a, mm-hmm. a therapist or a psychiatrist. We just want to be able to tell yeah. you what happened because guess what? When you have something going on at your job, we are all ill. We may not be able to solve it all, even though women are very wise, and especially if it's got to do with a boss or something, we can give you a solution. And then we have to do the same thing. We have to say, well, honey, let's pray about it. We know God will solve it. Uh, You give him a scripture. Remind him of what the word says. Then y'all pray, and then you go ahead on about your life. And that date night, I cannot, how can I put it, say enough about a date night. Even if you do it at home, put the, what, give those children a bath, feed them, give them a bath, put them in their room and tell them, don't bother mommy and daddy. If you need something, if the house is not on fire, don't bother us. Always have a little small table. They got the little small tables that you get at Walmart, and you fix a little meal on the side for you and yours. And y'all go in that bedroom somewhere. There's a corner in your bedroom somewhere. You can go in there, have two chairs in there, even if it's folding chairs, and just sit and enjoy one another. 
Look at one another in, in the eyes, you know. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's hot, though. Just be there, talk to one another. Take that time with one another because you need that. That solidifies your relationship even more. And if you can get a good babysitter or if your children are old enough to stay on their own, you have a cell phone, then go out. It doesn't have to be anything expensive. Honey, go take me to Walmart. I mean, take me to, um, what do you call it, McDonald's? We'll have a chicken sandwich. I will eat McDonald's burger, another story. But um, we can have a chicken mm-hmm. sandwich. Uh, we can have a, a big cup of whatever. Get a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. And we can sit outside, go to somewhere, even if it's outside in your parking lot. Sit out there, talk to one another, drinking those Slurpees. But have that date night. Have that time alone more than once a month because a lot can go awry once a month. And especially if your children are grown, don't neglect that time, you know, together, that special time. Not you're coming in and you're eating at the table and she's serving you and then she got to wash the dishes. And, oh, Lord. I could go on and on and on and on. Uh, Sometimes you say, baby, makes, I got that this. Makes a, go rest. Yeah, That makes a woman feel unappreciated, especially if she's got to do everything. And it's mm-hmm. like you're, she's, you're more of, the, you're more of the, the, the master and she's more of a servant. That because be like that's that. the way they have been told. Think, Right, and I think being in the bed at night should not be the only time that y'all spend time together. Make time for exactly. her other than those five minutes, those five minutes of joy you give her at night, because that mm-hmm. can make a, a woman feel like she's just a dumping station. Like, thank you. You, you done turned over, and you're snoring and drooling. And you're snoring. And that woman is on mm-hmm. the other side. Right, she's on the other mm-hmm. side. Still dealing with that same problems that she wanted to, you know, reach out Talk to you or whatever. But, yeah. but you didn't have the time. You didn't right. want to hear it. So those problems are still yeah. there, and we're trying to figure out what's going on, and we're praying and everything. And sometimes just a touch from the husband, mm-hmm. and he said, baby, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Let's pray. That little thing will cause you to release all of that stress, all of that doubt, Anything mm-hmm. that went on, and you're able to sleep. But it's horrible when a woman is laying up there and she's thinking about what happened at work or, you know, uh, or what's going on with little Johnny, and, and daddy don't want to hear it, so she can't talk to him about it. And he's over there snoring, and you're laying there worrying. So you have to pray on your own. God will answer your prayer. But over a time, you begin to resent because he's not there for you. And you know what the word says, but he's not there for you. Basically, overall, what we're saying is we need you to be there through thick and thin. Remember your marriage vows and do your marriage vow. You know, you plighten your cross, but we want you to plight your heart and your love and your concern. Uh, I've been listening <laughs> to you all, and I totally agree. I stand in agreement with everything, even from when uh, Minister Monica said about the submission 
part, yeah, we all mm-hmm. grew up that way that we need to submit to our husbands. But yeah. I think that the roles have been reversed so much that um, women don't look at the man as the head anymore. And if, especially if God is not in the mix. You know, if he's not mm-hmm. submitted to God and you don't have that in there, you wouldn't have that submission part. Now, I'm not going to tell you that everything is gravy and, and sugar and cream here because me and the digging, get, we don't get along all the time. We have some, I mean, arguments, big arguments. But I do thank yeah. God that he saved them because I knew him before Christ and I know him after Christ. And even when we have mm-hmm. our little bad arguments, he'll eventually, you know, he'll come back and he will apologize. Yes. I appreciate, you know, him doing that. And as far mm-hmm. as when I was sick and got out the hospital, I don't sleep in my bed. I don't sleep in my bed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I sleep in the living room with my feet up on the ottoman. You know, mm-hmm. he sleeps on the other couch right in here with me. He you sleeps see? right in here with me. And he mm-hmm. can sleep in the bed. He could be right in the bed. He don't have to be in here with me. But during the night, I have to get, you know, pulled up from this couch and move this ottoman. But he's right in here with me. And some mm-hmm. night, you know, I wake, I wake him up. He's getting woke up out to sleep in the night for me to go to the bathroom. Sometimes he's evil, but sometimes I got to take it to consideration. I'm getting him up. You know, that's right. a lot for somebody to do. And then for mm-hmm. you, when you say going out, now, you know, I don't like really going out places. But let me tell you, you know what the highlight of my day is? The highlight of What's my it? day is getting off of work, and we go ride out. We go ride out. We go All right. But it's just we may go you pick and prescription. Yes. But it's our time. And even down yes. the last night we rolled up, and it was raining. I was so tired. I fell asleep in the car. You know what? He was oh. right there with me. I woke up. He on the other line. He was on the phone talking to somebody. But see, it just means oh. a lot. You know, even doing that. And I thank God for Jesus because that's all it's about. I can call him bad days to work and he'll say, let's pray. Or sometimes he'll even give me time to say, let's pray, or he'll pray. Mm-hmm. I, I have the sleep paralysis at night when you wake up and you can't breathe and you can't move. This crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll go get the anointing yeah. for and anoint me. And it, and I can go right back to sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you just want mm-hmm. you want to feel wanted. This man talk about yeah, me sometimes see, about me looking pretty and wanting me. And sometimes I look at him like he's a lost man. But you <laughs> still, I get the validation because remember in the yeah. last broadcast we talked about as as little girls not getting validated. And when mm-hmm. the first man say, "Oh, you pretty," we fall for it. So no man, yeah. I don't care. How he looks can say, oh, you look fine, ma'am. You, you surely is pretty. Oh, I like your smile. Okay, thank you for getting up. I don't have to fall for it because my husband right. tells me how beautiful I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My husband gets out of the car and comes and gets me. So when I'm sitting downstairs waiting for him to come get me from work, he comes and gets me. I lean on his arm to go to the car. So mm-hmm. everybody sees and they know that. But see, they know. But see, you always got one man that think he can try to out-talk you. You know what I'm saying? You always got mm-hmm. one person that think they can. But no, no, I'm validated at home. And I don't yeah. believe that chivalry is dead. A man should still open the door for a woman. You know? Amen. He should open the door. My son should open the door for his fan back and let the women go in. And then you 
you know, um, go in. But I, Shivery is exactly. not there. So we, we, men need to be teaching their children. And if we're women, single women, teach, teach your son. Stay in there. What Steve Harvey's wife said. She's standing there and waving him over, over the door. Stand mm-hmm. right there. Sometimes he forgets and go over to the other side. Stay in there and wait for your door to get open. You know? Mm-hmm. But I think we should demand respect. We got to demand our respect what we want in a man, what we want our husbands to do. We should demand And our sons, that's the thing. We got to teach our sons about chivalry, Mm -hmm. about opening a door for a woman. You know, don't let that mama or that woman push their cart. Ask her, can I help you? Some women going to say no. But if it's your mother, no, she will say, go ahead, son. Put the groceries mm-hmm. in the trunk or in the back, wherever they're going to be. Never let a woman do the things that a man's supposed to be doing. And he's standing there looking at you like, oh, no. Uh, you ask, are you going to help me? Oh, 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 yeah. You know how that makes me feel? Like, really? You don't know that you and I want to go back and tell their mother, honey, you didn't raise your son good. You did not raise your son good because he should know to do these things. But most of them don't because they never saw their fathers do it. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And that trust, yeah. Don't be with me and I see your eyes following another woman's behind. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, duh, I'm here. Hello. But sometimes that happens, and that's disrespectful to me. Don't be, you know, do I want to go there? Don't be on that computer looking at porn. Why are you looking at another woman when I'm your wife? They're not your wife. How does a married man get addicted to porn? Well, nine times out of ten, he was addicted to it before you married him. You just didn't know it. What has she got that I don't have? See, those things. Or like disrespectful, and when you see that, then you're like, "You gotta be kidding!" And then you begin to doubt yourself. Then you yeah. want to know why does he do that, especially when he's got them keys, stroking those keys from one side to another, but he won't even lay his hands on your shoulder. He won't even say, "Good job, baby." Those things we need. And many marriages have failed because those things are lacking in the marriage. And don't even allow us to have to mistrust you because once we mistrust you in one thing, we're looking. And we're always on red alert. What is he going to do next? Because when that happens, now mm-hmm. I, let me break in this. No man is perfect. We're not looking for perfection because we're not perfect. But there are certain things that should not even be in a marriage. And if you have a good marriage, man not perfect, hold on to that marriage. Because, as I said, there are so many marriages out here, and I could name a couple of them right there. The man, one particular one, he treats her like a dog. I have gotten several calls about the things that he does. And I said, well, why don't you go ahead and get another apartment? But see, she doesn't work. She's sick. 
So she has to say that and take it. The thing that this man has done to this woman is unreal. It's just unreal. And, oh, God, this would, ooh. Let me go to some scripture because, see, I I don't want to get too deep into it because there are some things that men has put women through that makes no sense. And I'm like, that's your husband? Really? Sister Stephanie, what were those scriptures? Monica, Minister Bass gave one of them. And and I think it was Peter. Stephanie? Okay. And what one is that? What was that? Yeah, that's the one, Minister Bass gave. What was the other one? I'm sorry. Which what what is that? Proverbs eighteen twenty two. Yes, and I think men forget that the Bible says, "He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing." Now that's coming from the mouth of God, or was that who was that? And what? Scripture was that? Oh, that's Solomon. Solomon said, He that finds a wife finds a good thing. And does what? No, honey. What was the latter part of the scripture? He that finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor of the Lord. Yes. See, most Mm -hmm. guys either has not been taught that or don't believe it. Because the way a lot of these men, and I'm not saying just black guys, white guys, um, Spanish guys, Indian guys, all, all of them. I, I don't, don't think they know that scripture, whether they're saved or in church or whatever. Somebody evidently didn't tell them that scripture. Because when you don't treat your wife right, the, oh, the scripture I was looking for, did you find the one where it says your 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 blessings are blocked? Oh, uh, Because there is a scripture in there that says when you don't treat your wife right. First Peter three seven. At the end of it, um, it says that your prayers be not hindered. When you don't treat your wife right, when you don't love your wife as God loved the church and respect her and honor her, then you end up blocking your own blessings. Your prayers, the Bible said, are hindered. And then they ask themselves, well, why can't I do this? And why can't I do this? And why did I fall behind in this? Uh, uh, the, look at your life. The Bible said, when you don't treat that woman right, your prayers are hindered. So you're praying, but they're going up and right down on the floor, you know, because you didn't treat that woman that God blessed you with right. And then we're going to go to the woman. The Bible says, husbands love your wife as God loves the church, which means you give her that a God pay love. You love her in spite of, hey, you're the head. 
but you love her in spite of her shortcomings. You teach, ooh, I could go into that, Lord, there's so much more to say, because there's also a scripture in there that tells them to honor their wife and, and to teach her. They ought to teach us and then present us back to themselves. I didn't think this was going to go on this long, but there's a scripture in there that says, after they teach us, and I know that's Old Testament, but they are to teach us, to honor us, to mold us, to shape us into the wife that they want, but in love, so that they can present us back to themselves. Isn't that what Jesus does to us? He don't put us down if we make mm-hmm. a mistake. He don't say, oh, you're going to hell. You just burnt them biscuits. You're going to hell. No. Instead of doing that, oh, baby, don't worry about it. I will get some more. I'll, come on, let's make some more. And we're going to do that. And then make sure that she ain't going to burn them. In other words, showing her that, you know, you can help. Showing her, don't don't worry about it, baby. Okay, you made a mistake. I'm still loving you. Come on, let's do this thing. Find a biscuit recipe that both of y'all can learn together. Give that one to her and help her. Thank you, Lord. Help her to do it. Teach her how to do it. Maybe mama didn't make biscuits. Come on. If you know how to do it, or just tell her, don't worry about it, baby. I got it. Go out and get some bad biscuits in the bag and, and, and learn to love them. Don't put her down saying, oh, my mama did it better than that. Don't put her down, oh, my girlfriend, hmm, she did it in a different way. When you do things like that, ooh, you just tore that woman's everything. Her soul is like you took a knife and just cut her soul because she's hurt down to her soul. And, you know, that's hard to heal. Don't call her out of her name. She has ears. What you call her is what she's going to see herself as eventually. If she stays with you. But don't do things like that to your wife. She is your wife. She is part of you. You are one. The Bible says when you marry, you become one. So when you don't treat her right, then you don't respect yourself. But then, mm-hmm. most of the time, men love themselves. But that wife, no, not so much. Especially if she makes a mistake, not so much. She wake up in the morning, she got rollers and fell all over the pillow, not so much. Not realizing that she did that so that she could have a half fix for you or for her job that she's on to help you to be your help meet. Why do you do those things when... Now, I, I, let, let me, another disclaimer. I'm not talking about men who are not saved, the men that don't know the word. They are subject to do anything. That's why the Bible tells us to be not unevenly yoked. But when you got a man that says he knows God and he's still doing these things, you got to turn around and ask yourself, is he really of God? Is he really saved? And you got to go to God about that thing. Because, see, he's already being whipped and he don't even understand it. But what he don't understand is when he is not being blessed, it's because of the way he treats his wife. And you can tell them that. They can read books and all that, but then they turn around and still treat you 
in a bad way. But also with women, God said, he told man to love his wife as God loves the church. But women, God says in his word to, what is the word, Lord, um, honor your husband. He didn't, <laughs> if you notice, there's nothing in the Bible that tells a woman to love her husband. It's not in there. I'm, I've searched. It's not in there. He tells us to respect him. We're supposed to hold him in high regard. But how do you do that when he's calling you every name in the book? You have poured out your heart to him about things that hurt you, and then he turns around and throws it in your face. So how do we do that? But we tend, as a woman, to love them. Even though we're deeply hurt, we still love them. And it just takes one word, I'm sorry. And we're like silly putty in the hands of a child. We will mold into what he wants us to be. But see, they don't get that, and they continue on and on and on and on. But we are to reverence our husband, meaning honor him, hold him in high esteem. But that's impossible to do if the husband is not loving the wife with that agape love. Thank you, Jesus. I think you just summed it up. There's a part that the wife plays and a part that the husband plays. And when one part is missing, it's not right. It's, it's, it's uneven. It's off kilter. And you know how you just said that men, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know how you said that how men love their bodies? Now, Ephesians 5, 28 says, mm-hmm. so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that mm-hmm. loveth his wife, loveth himself. So if he's loving yes. his wife like his own body, he's not going to do anything to hurt his body. So why would you hurt your wife? Mm-hmm. See, that's a, that's a question mark just hovering in the air right now. If you love yourself, then why can't you love your wife? Because you're supposed to love your wife just as you love your body. And if you don't love your body, then I guess you can't love your wife. And that's a whole nother topic because if they're on drugs or smoking or whatever, you're not loving your body. So nine times out of ten, you're not loving your wife. Respect yourself, respect your wife. And we can go the other way around. Respect your wife. And then you can respect yourself because then you'll feel good about yourself to know that you're doing what God's word has said. So see, that thing goes two ways. But how do you teach men that now? And yeah, like I said, I'll say it one more time. We're talking about the men in the church. The men in the world, I don't know about them because I, I, I yeah, well, I'm not even going that way. But, um, I will say this, when I was in the world, the man in the world treated me better than the man in the church. Now, should that be? Like the children say, I don't think so. That was just something, you know. But the thing about it is that our desire is to be honored, to be loved, 
to be respected, to be able to trust you, to be able to, I don't want to say see them as God because they're not God, but all at the same time, if you go back to the scripture, Jesus told them, say, in your law, it is written that ye are God, and so you are, because they are made in the image and likeness of God. And when they treat us differently, all of us are, men and women, but when the man treats us differently than what God said that they should do, and especially when a woman knows the word, then we're hurt. We feel dishonored. We feel let down. And we will continue on, on and on and on, hoping and praying for him to finally open his eyes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Most of them, it's like, oh, I ain't got time for you. Just go on somewhere. Or they'll lay there and they'll sleep. Or their their mouths are like, oh, my God. But they get up in church and they praise the Lord. Or they start preaching. Yes, and the Son of God said it. And you're sitting there like, well, you know what the Son of God said. Why don't you, why don't you treat me right? Yeah, yeah, I know that's I tough. Uh, like people say, tight, but it's right. Yeah, but they, or they'll get out amongst their friends, and you see them acting a certain way or different way, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. woman in her mind knows what type of person he is behind closed doors. Thank you. And what other people see on the outside is not what this, this man is at home. So mm-hmm. that makes that woman see him as being um, dishonest. Yes. Because he's, you know, pretending to be something on the outside, but we know how he is on, on at home, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know. He's a lamb on the outside, all loving and everything. And at home, when you get home, behind, you get behind closed doors, there's an old song that says, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. That wolf come out or that sluggard come out or whatever it is, and you're looking at him like, what happened? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were just out there and we were so loving. What happened? And you're sitting there looking at him like, wow. That's the way it is. But like I say, the things that we need are the things that they're doing wrong. They need to reverse it. Go to the word, find out what it means to be a husband and be what God says to be. Because when you're not, then you're going against the word of God. And you're going to be one of those ones that's going to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I did this in your name, and I did this in your name, and I honored her, and I loved him. And he's going to tell you, depart from me, for your work was of iniquity, for I never knew you. Reason being, because you did that stuff on the outside, but on the inside, you treated her like a rug under your feet. Do you think you're going to get into heaven like that? We will love you, but God will look at you and ask you, how did you treat your wife? It's going to happen to the women, too. How did you treat your husband? And I think men don't recognize that. Some women don't recognize that, I guess. I don't know. But we're talking about what the woman needs and what the man 
I mean, what the woman wants and what the woman needs. The men will get theirs together. We'll get somebody to hear their point. Because a lot of times we don't understand why they do the things that they do. So we need to know that also. I am not one that's going to give one side of the view and then leave the other side undone. So I'm going to get some guys on here. But it needs to be said, needs to be known what a woman wants. And that's what we're here for today. Because it's kind of hard when you're pulling one way and he's pulling another way. And we should both be pulling toward the good of the family. And see, your children, when they come from a family that's separated that way, mama going one way and daddy going the other way, they're confused. And see, the whole Mm -hmm. aim is to keep a divorce from happening. Because when there is a divorce or separation, that tears a child's heart in two. The loyalties are split. They don't know which way to go. They love mama. They love dad. But mama's on the east side and dad's on the west side. Mama talk about dad. And then, dad talk about mama. And then it I'm sorry? The cycle then the cycle usually continues. All the way the through child, a generation, that, another generation, another generation, because that's all they knew. Yeah. So if no more than getting together, and being loving, and being together, being on one accord for the children's sake, then do that because you don't want those children out there. They will grow up and remember all of that stuff. And then you got a kid out there that don't know. You're messing up somebody else's life, in other words. That stuff goes from generation to generation to generation. And if you go back to the beginning, it was daddy and mama's fault because daddy and mama couldn't get along. And it may be that mama just didn't like daddy. But most of the time, women will do in spite of, in spite of what that police, I know about that. I have an aunt, had an aunt. She passed on now. That woman did everything, had that man's meals fixed, everything, every day. Kept herself looking good. That perfume used to get on my nerves, man. But she kept herself smelling good. She had it on very loud. But um, kept herself looking good. But that man treated her so bad. It was ridiculous. And I would look at her and I'd say to myself, you didn't leave that person. You know, I said something else at that time because I won't say it. I said, you need to, what in the world? And I would hear this and I would hear that and, and then I hear him talking to her, and she would say, well, baby. And I said, oh, Lord. So, see, it doesn't only affect your children. If your nieces and nephews and their cousins and this and that and the other, even down to your neighbors, they see what's going on. It's affecting everybody. And they're looking at you like, wow. But that responsibility is on the man's shoulder. Because a woman woman is going to love, even though the Bible did not tell her she had to love, it's sad to reverence your husband. Never said to love your husband. But we, for some reason, we have a natural love in us. We're going to love that husband and those kids. That's all there is to it, you know. Even though he hurts us and causes the family to split, we still love them. 
But see, then they get out there and, and they say, well, no, you know, hey, I don't got a life now, and da-da-da, da-da-da. Anyway, long story short, men can be very hard-hearted. But if you hurt a woman enough, so can she. But it just takes one word. doesn't have to be I love you. It can be I'm sorry. Or it can be, oh, you look so good, sweetheart. You know what? Everything you ever did, ever said, it's gone. We are ready to get this thing started again. We are used to starting over again. As a woman, we and men too, I guess, but as a woman, we go through many stages. We go through the childhood and the puberty and the teenage and the young woman and then the older one. We know how to go from stage to stage. Men do too, but we will start over again more so than a man will. It just takes one word. And yet we'll go cautiously, but we will go. But most men, they do this stuff, and they will not apologize. And that's something we need. If you do something, always apologize. Men and women, always apologize. Oh, God, what was that? My mom used to say you can get, and I don't like this analogy, but you can catch more flies you with honey than you can with vinegar. In other words, put a little sugar on it and watch it change. But most guys won't do that until they find themselves somewhere where they don't want to be. Then they call them back, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I'm so-. You know what? That's all well and good. But then you got to prove yourself because once the trust is gone, we can forgive you, and we can even love you again. But once the trust is gone, you got to earn that trust again because the knowledge, like I said last week, is in your subconscious mind. Your soul has been hurt. Your soul has been injured. Not your spirit. They can't touch your spirit because that's where Jesus dwells. That's where the Holy Ghost dwells in. But your soul is that seat of your emotions, the seat of your love and the tenderness, the kindness of what causes you to be a good mother and all of that. That has been injured. That takes time to heal. But most men won't even try. They'll do their stuff and they're gone. They drop you and go and get somebody else. Then drop them, go and get somebody else. And before you know it, you're like, well, where is he now and who is he with? And you're standing there with the babies all around you, needing whatever, having to get money from somewhere else, and and, and they won't take it. Anyway, we're not going there. We're not going down to that road. Like I said, we want to know what a woman needs and what a woman wants. And we've already said it, love, respect. We need to be able to trust you. We need you in our corner because we're always going to be in your corner. Am I missing anything else, ladies? Appreciation, being appreciated. Yes, being appreciated. Appreciate us. And let us know that you appreciate us. You let us know that by coming and saying, thank you, baby. I appreciate that. Or just coming and saying, I love you, baby. I thank God I've got a good wife. Something like that, man. We'd rather hear that, have that than for you to go and buy us a gold necklace. Because, see, that gold necklace is going to be cold around our neck. That gold necklace won't bring us joy 
when we look in the mirror. It'll make us, it'll bring pride, but it won't bring the joy and the love that our souls need. And remember, we are human beings. We have a soul, just like you, man, and we need your love. We need your tenderness. We need your... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.